How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Decisions Podcast. I am your host, Bailey Short. Joining me, as usual, Andrew Wilder. Hello, hello. So we've got week one done and over with. We are moving into week two, and I tell you what, it feels really damn good to have some football back on TV. What do you think about that, Andrew? I mean, it feels good having something to do all day Sunday, and then, you know, come home after a long day of work, nothing better than cracking open one and watching a couple games on Monday, right? Yeah, the doubleheader was nice. I stayed up and watched both completely. I, I did my best. I didn't make it. I made it to like the, I think like the last two minutes of the third quarter, and then I, I kind of nice. tapped out. And I'm excited. Thursday, I mean, we're recording this Wednesday. I mean, we got a game tomorrow, one that I'm looking yep. forward to watching. Um, but before we go into anything about week two, we want to talk about some week one observations, what we see as maybe some trends coming out of week one, and what we might see as uh, kind of flukes or not so much, and just what we thought about some of the games we saw. Um, so I think the first big one to talk about here, Andrew, that kind of everybody's talking about because he came out of nowhere, nobody saw it coming is old James Robinson down there in Jacksonville. And I tell you what, you know, uh, UDFA, we didn't really know what to expect. The coaches were obviously talking about, but ends the day with uh, 16 carries for uh, nine, well, 16 carries for 62 yards, and then he got a reception for 28, putting him, putting him at 90 yards on the nose. So, Andrew, what did you think of uh, James Robinson's debut? So, I was actually pretty impressed with it. Um... With the UDFA, everyone knows that's like an unknown factor, you know, but like we talked about in our last episode too, he was one of the reasons that the Jaguars were willing to cut Fournette so quickly. Yeah, um, that's what they I were th- saying, his showing in camp, you know. And I think that with this amount of workload that he can get, that I I think he could be a sustainable asset, even if Raquel Armstead and Ozigbo both come back. I mean, I this guy's kind of opening the door, you know running out the door and not going to look back on it. You know, his, his production, I mean, it was four yards of carry almost. You don't really yeah. see that coming out of any UDFA. So yeah, I mean, no, Philip Lindsay comes numbers. to mind. F- solid numbers. I think the, the big things, and, and you kind of alluded to it, is going to be how much uh, Robinson can succeed in his role right now with being the main guy getting all the touches out of the backfield if he can continue to capitalize then when when uh, armstead when azigba get in there i think it's less of a threat to him and then you know the other thing and you and i were talking about this earlier today is the game script you know i don't know how often jacksonville is going to be in a close game where they can run the ball like that i feel like they're going to be trailing more than they were with indiana but not if Minshew keeps playing like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and you know, he—I mean, he got one target, and that was his biggest play of the game. I mean, it was a twenty. Yeah, he yard. had a big break. Yeah, he actually hurdled a guy, a la Barkley. So, ooh, yeah, I know, right? He actually yeah. had a pretty good elusive score too. I was looking at it earlier; like uh, it was pretty high. So, I'm in on James Robinson for now. The workload's there, the volume's there, and he's looked good. So, Philip Lindsay 2.0. Yeah, I go. mean, Chris Thompson was the only person who took work away from him, two targets, two catches for six yards. Ooh, I thought he big, was going to have a bigger big, game than that. Big threat there, too. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people did. You know, you're not the only yeah, one I was ready for there too. I did, to too. Be the, I thought he was – everybody was excited about Robinson. I thought Thompson was going to be the, the back to have in your starting lineup last week. So I was wrong about that one. Uh, James Robinson proved me wrong. But I'm actually pretty confident throwing him in the flex uh, going into week two. 
if he does anything like what he did, you know, if he could punch a score in maybe even, that'd be like, you know, that 10 points. That like elite tier, you know, 10 points with no touchdown. Imagine Yeah, a six- that's what I'm saying. About 100, people, almost 100 yards. Pretty people would good. be losing their freaking mind, huh? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I like Robinson. Um, then the next thing we're talking about here, going into Monday night's game, you know, this is a, well, you know what? Actually, let's, let's finish up with the other running back surprise uh, before we okay. go into the wide receiver talk because everything else is wide receiver talk. Okay. But uh, the other surprise I found, well, actually, this wasn't a surprise for you because we've been saying it. We have. And uh, Naheem Hines coming out and just dropping a big old deuce out there in a dropping bows dropping bows so we knew the receiving upside was there i was impressed and happy to see eight receptions in the first game uh obviously marlon mack went down with what is now an achilles so he's out for the rest of the year and and most likely that could be the end of marlon mack's fantasy it's it's yeah um i wouldn't be surprised the amount of running backs to actually come back from that is like it never it could happens. be his his career being over too. Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent. That's what I'm saying. Too, you so. Yeah. Well, even if he comes back, running backs never recover from that Achilles injury. That's the kiss right. of death. Mm-hmm. So, uh, eight eight for eight, eight targets, eight receptions, forty five yards. And he got a score, obviously. Uh, only seven attempts rushing for twenty eight yards, but he got a touchdown there too. So they were going to him in the red zone. And you know, I watched that game. Naheem looked electric out there. Like we are, we knew he was kind of the guy that could bust a big play, but he just, I mean, he was running great. I, I was really impressed with how he looked on the field, just eye test. And then obviously the numbers were good too, you know? Mm-hmm. No, so that's the, why they drafted him out of NC State, you know? I mean, that was one of the things that they, they saw on tape. They saw that he was electric. He can make plays with it he can make people miss i mean even having a good average like we talked about the receiving upside too i mean four yards per carry is not anything to scoff at either you know no. seven attempts is not bad either there's a it adds a little bit of a safe floor to him as well you know because well, the ppr the ppr is the floor i mean eight, right, eight receptions in ppr you're looking at eight points right there right but you're not like you're not just taking him because like oh well you know he can catch the ball correct but i mean he does also offer some Running attempts too. Rushing. Yeah, they attempts. ran him a little bit. I mean, and and with mm-hmm. Rivers back there, you know, you're gonna get the receiving work as a back. Um, I find what was interesting is Jonathan Taylor also had six receptions, which is I was that was actually more surprising to me. He, than can, Hines. he can't catch the ball, man. Remember? <laughs> yeah, and then he comes out and drops six receptions. Doesn't drop a pass. Uh, you know, sixty-seven yards in the air. And 22 on the ground. I would have thought that would have been flipped for his debut. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hines looked great. So let me ask you this question. And I, I think I know the answer because you and I are Hines fans. We like him. But so are you keeping Hines in high regard? Where do you see Hines? Is he going to be in your starting lineup next week and going forward? I mean, where are you at with him? Unfortunately, I don't have any shares of him. So I can't start him. But I know that everyone who I kept him. All. Yeah, I know. Everyone who <laughs> kept him. Kept them on his bench. We're kind of kicking themselves last week because we've talked about. It. If you listen to the show, we're very high on him. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's there for me at at the very minimum. He's a flex, and I mean if you need to stream an RB two, like twenty seven points probably isn't repeatable anytime soon, but he is safe in his PPR floor. So I mean he's in the starting lineup now. You know he's made Do it for me. Do you think he has RB two potential to end the year even with Jonathan Taylor out there? It's going to be I, interesting. I, I, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he could flirt with RB two, which would be in cr- a crazy value for where you got him. Um, 
And it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with Jonathan Taylor out there starting. Uh, it looked like they kind of had a set rotation when they had Mac and like they had a plan. Uh, so mm-hmm. things have obviously changed now because it's going to be just those two guys. But I still, I think I'm high on Hines and I'm pumped to watch him. I'm in. So Hines, uh, definitely excited about. I think that's a trend going forward. If you can get him, obviously the price has gone up, but I think he's worth paying a price of like a, a flex with RB2 upside uh, guy. I think he's, yeah. you know, I, let me ask you this. After you saw that game, would you have like, because of the PPR floor, David Montgomery, like, are those guys close to you? He's right he's coming. He's flirting with that right there too. The Devin Singletary, David Montgomery. A lot of people keep them in the same boat. Yeah, there. like I, I think, think he's I think he's Naheem over uh, Singletary right now. At least Singletary, right? Yeah, I mean, Montgomery, Montgomery. We don't know yeah, yet because I think Montgomery will get more volume, but it's close. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, no. I'm right about there. I think absolutely. I think that's pretty I, reasonable. I think that's. I think that will be like the price that he's set for himself right now. He has you know? no reason not to. The guy was absolutely the bright spot for Indianapolis offense. He scored two touchdowns. He got in the end zone. Rivers loves doing the dump off game. It makes sense for football and for um, you fantasy know, purposes. Fantasy yeah. purposes. Yeah. So I'm all in. So uh, let's talk about some of the week one wide receiver stuff. And you know, there were some surprises, uh, particularly in the Monday night game. I found that was a surprise for me in some senses. And the first one, and Andrew, I'll let you start talking about it first, is Slayton coming out and destroying again. <laughs> kind of pick him right up where he left off. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, so but we, we were, were all saying about, sell. Yeah, we were talking about selling and everything on him. I'm still not fully convinced. I was going to say, are you still selling? I can sell for even more. Yeah, I know. I'm still not fully convinced on it, man. You know, so if we looked at his his time, I mean, everyone was still out there. You know, the only person they were missing was Golden Tate. And Golden Tate kind of showed out, you know, a little bit toward the, the latter half of the season there, too. And I know you're going to make the argument that he's nothing special. He's really not, you know, but he is a very good target. You know, whenever he was out there, nine targets, yeah, 11, 10, yeah, 8, 11, him. 8. He's, he's, he's a target state- I was about to say he stayed closer to ten than he did five for sure. He was at, he was at that ten range more than he was the five. So range. I mean, if people like were looking at this too, you know who their wide receiver three was? Did you did you get to get to see Damian Ratley out there? Yeah, I did a little bit. Okay, so I think I would take Golden Tate over Damian Ratley. That's so that's true. why I'm still thinking that the volume. I mean, he's still young. Golden Tate's thirty two. Like maybe for down the road but for kind of right now i'm still kind of pushing him out until someone else can you know make the rise now i will say this about slayton i would still probably sell slayton obviously he's demanding a higher price now and it is rising uh however i will say this about slayton last or monday night ingram had seven targets right Mm -hmm. sterling shepherd had six targets so they still had you know that's not bad like they had their, they got theirs, right? I mean, that's right. Uh, that's all the the lower end of average for Sterling last year. That's about uh, what they would demand, you know. Yeah, and then Ingram, I, I'm not sure uh, Ingram's injured, but what I'm saying is, even with those targets, he still got nine targets. He got six receptions, and he did his thing with his big playability, which is what Slayton does: 102 yep. yards, two touchdowns, and he looked good. And I will say, if you watch the game. And I know you watched the game, but I'm just saying to our listeners, mm-hmm. if you watched that game, something that 
the numbers don't necessarily show. There were times in that game, Darius Slayton looked like Daniel Jones's go-to. This is my guy. I'm going down the field, and I'm going to just abuse the fact that I got Darius Slayton out there that's getting open. There were a couple drives where that was what it looked like to me. And so you're right. That for me is where I'm really, I'm still on the sell side of Slayton, but there is upside there. And and it's definitely something kind of close to watch and, and be ready to, to move on, you know, if you need to. So uh, Slayton was interesting in that same game. We also had the Pittsburgh wide receivers, which, it's kind of an interesting situation with them. Uh, we had Deontay Johnson leading the pack with targets uh, mm-hmm. with 10 on six receptions on 10 targets. He had eight points in the league that I, and, and PPR at eight points, only 57 yards. So kind of underwhelming, but had, had, the, had the opportunity. But on the other hand, Juju Smith with six targets, not crazy, uh, but he also had two touchdowns, 69 yards. So, you know, that was interesting to me. You know, if you look back with Juju with Big Ben in 2018, he was looking at 11, 19, 17, 10, 12. He was, he was at 10 or more targets more often than he was not uh-huh. uh, back when Ben and him were playing in 2018. So obviously less targets in that one game. Deontay got more. Where are you looking at with the Pittsburgh receiver core and, and what's, your, like, what's your take on that? So I still think that Deontay Johnson um, has earned Ben Roethlisberger's trust. I know that they didn't get to play super long together, but you even they saw. They obviously I mean, want to get him. Yeah, he, he had some issues. Like he did drop. I think it was like one pass there too. And Ben was like, come on, man, you know, reassured him in the huddle. And then like the next play, I'm pretty sure it was, if not like two plays down the road, hit him again. Like that's what yeah, the they went kind right of back confidence. to him. You need to build confidence in your young receiver there too. And I think that it's it's a trend in the correct direction for Deontay Johnson owners in the fact that he had 10 targets. So that's four more than Juju. Then back in Juju's prime, I mean, his six-target performance would have been his second lowest across that's what I'm, 16 that's, games. Yeah, exactly. right. And I'm making the same point you are. <laughs> but Yeah, it, it was a it, low amount. He was efficient still, on them. I think it's the Deontay Johnson show here. And I think that Juju may down the road potentially become touchdown dependent and we'll see it'll be interesting you know it was it was they definitely had plays designed to get Deontay the ball that game like multiple times it was like this ball's going to Deontay it was a design play to go to him they still uh, had which, those little rub routes and you know pick routes made for Juju in the red zone too so I mean yeah. it, it, it's it's tough you know, it, it's going to be a tough decision. Like I, the, the comparison I made earlier, and I remember us talking on the phone was it, it's one of those coin flip offenses like Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen was back then, you know, like one week, one person yeah, is going to be gonna wide receiver one, one a and, and one then, B thing. Yep. I, I don't, but I, I will say this. I was on the selling of Deontay train uh, going into this season. And I still don't know if I'm ready to put him like firmly not yet. Juju. Like not yet. I would say Juju is still like the guy to own. You know, all these guys hyping up Chase Claypool, like cool your jets a little bit because I, I think well, Deontay two, and touched Juju, the ball twice. <laughs> well, like today uh, at practice, they didn't have Deontay or Juju practice. They right. said they weren't because of like knee and toe, but that's just maintenance day. Like, um, yeah, well, they, they, they played on, uh, they put on Monday. Monday so this is yeah, usually it's a maintenance for a month. Well, yeah, they were out there catching passes too. There were pictures right. of them out there today. It's just, they weren't, they weren't fully dressed. So like, 
but they had James Washington and Chase Claypool practice. So basically, this is Juju and Deontay's offense, and you know that third slot's kind of up for grabs. Uh, mm-hmm. I-, I think. Now it'll be interesting. I think Juju has a better alpha profile than Deontay personally. So that's kind of why I would shed, I would lean Juju uh, than over Deontay. But they obviously want to get Deontay involved. I mean, that was very evident. So hey, Ben can support two big name oh, wide receivers. Sure. <laughs> Little bump. I would just say a bump to Deontay's value because uh, just because they of obviously they want him. Yeah, they want him involved. It's not it's from, his from week one at least. Yes, completely, completely agree. So let's go. Oh, yeah. The last thing I wanted to talk about before we go into week two stuff is the Green Bay game and the vintage Aaron Rodgers we saw out there gun swinging. I mean, that was <laughs> that was nasty business. I mean, you know, that was a really interesting game because we've kind of been prepping ourselves for this like Green Bay is going to run the ball nonstop and use all the all their running backs. All, th- all three of their running backs, yeah. Yeah, and just cram the ball down your throat. But then they come out there in Minnesota, and Rodgers throws the ball 44 times with 32 completions, gets 360 yards and four touchdowns. And some of those touchdown passes were nutty. Like, it was like, what? Like, it was old school Aaron Rodgers is what it was. Like, uh, like those people had no business catching that football. Like, the, yeah. the Vada Scantling one, that dude had no business catching that football. Well, you I, know? Saw, I saw a stat that, like, it four of, of the – it was like he threw multiple balls that were caught that day that were like some of the lowest pass completion rates of the week, and they mm-hmm. were still caught, and all of them were caught. Like, like they should have been the dropped. Five. Statistically, yeah, was, they should have been dropped mm-hmm. or incompletions. Yeah, so like you know, freaking Rogers. I mean, it was just an old school Rogers game. Now, how often do you think we're going to have this prolific multi wide receiver relevancy going into? Week in and week out with Green Bay. Mm, that's now, a tough. One. I, I think. <laughs> that's a tough one. I I think completely we're gonna have two relevant receivers a week out of there. You just 100%. it's, it's going to be a crapshoot for who the second one is in my eye. Yeah, I I, I you know I like Lazard. I, I've been on Lazard. I think Lazard has that deep ball. Big uh, now Marquez Scantling looked the same way. So I don't know if. Like, it's hard for me to say either one, but I would be happy with owning either one, honestly. I, I think there's volume to be had there because mm-hmm. Devontae Adams also is not going to get 17 targets normally. Like, we that's would hope insane. not. And anyone who... I, I just... 17 for 14 receptions. Like, who the hell was guarding him? Like, Minnesota's pass defense must have dropped... Like, that, there ain't much pass defense going on. If that's yeah, what's happening. That's, so, no, I mean, that's another thing, too. I think I think Minnesota's secondary kind of underperformed people's expectations as well. Not taking any credit away from Rodgers or any of them. No, too. I would agree with that. I, well, yeah, I mean, you look at Devontae they Adams again, 17 exposed. targets and 14 receptions. I mean, what the hell are y'all doing back there? Hard to so, with you, but Alan Lazard, though, he looked good. He was efficient. He didn't drop any passes, whereas Valdez Scantling on a little cross crossing route. Yep. I mean, Ben hit him in the face, essentially. Yeah. And he dropped that pass. So I think that Lazard will be like, he's going to get you the half point or the one point, you know, from your receptions, a little bit more sure handed. But about his scantling, I mean, it's only his second year, third year. This is third year. It's, and, it's, it's Lazard's second. I, I just like Lazard's profile. And I think he kind of, I think he's the wide receiver too. Now, I, but I could see how scantling could uh, overtake either. that role. 
at least yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it, it could be either one, but right now I'm sticking with with Lazard because Lazard's always been like he he has stepped up and and gotten it done. I mean, last year when Devonte, you know, that was bleak when Devonte was out last year for for Green. Yeah, look, Lazard at least flashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there were flashes. So you know, I, I'm I'm good with Lazard uh, going forward there, and, and Scantling, I, I'd be good with him too. I, I think either one of them's like worth the the buy-in, whatever that may be. It's not a high price at all by any means because we don't have anything to go off of, but, you know. Right. They both had nine and ten target games in their career playing with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, the volume is there if something happens, too. I mean, it's like I said, it's kind of either or. I'm still leaning toward Alan Lazard with you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Slightly, slightly, but not much. I agree. Uh, so let's go into week two notes and kind of what we're looking at. What Based off of week one, what are some games... What are some situations that you're excited to see? And I know the first one for both sides of the game is going to be tomorrow, and that's going to be Cleveland and Cincinnati. So, Andrew, of that game, of both teams, what team and what kind of storyline are you most excited to see and and are you most interested in? So, first and foremost, A.J. Green, let's not push off, and Joe Burrow gets his first win as an NFL starting quarterback. Anyway. Real quick, what did you think of Joe Burrow's debut? <laughs> looked great, man. Uh, nice little yeah, quarterback draw for his, for his, his uh, first NFL touchdown, too. Saw a weird little thing. It was in uh, Brian Denny Stadium, and he scored on a quarterback draw, which was invented by Brian Denny, by the way. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of <laughs> cool. Really, really random fact, but... <laughs> Um, so the storyline here is, I think everyone believes in it too. Baker Mayfield has to make a jump back. He has to bounce back from yeah, that. His back's bouncing. against the wall. He's he's yeah, exactly. Everyone was saying, oh, well, Jacksonville's going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I bet you that Cleveland will have no problem getting rid of Baker Mayfield I'm if he performed people, like he did last week. I'm starting to see people in the Twitter world uh, talk about Case Keenum. Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum is a second-string superhero. I mean, he still has juice, man. You know, he did it well, last when, year when in Washington. When do you start talking about that? Like, really? I mean, that's I, kind of the problem. Is like, at at some point, when do we acknowledge the fact that like Baker has I, looked dismal? I give him a pass from last week too. A lot of people are. I wouldn't say a lot of people are sleeping on Baltimore's defense, but like Baltimore is a well, good Baltimore's football good. team. Yeah, they're a good football team. Yeah, but Baker had a. Did you? If you Baker had a lot of time in the pocket. He also had a lot of inaccuracies too, which comes down strictly to him, you know. But I'm 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 right there with you. He needs to make a bounce back here against the Bengals, especially. I mean, because their defense isn't that fantastic either. You know, well, like Odell had 10 targets, three receptions. But if you look at the targets, like I would say five to six of those were like, there's no, it it was humanly impossible for him to catch the ball. No, that's what, that's exactly the road I'm going down with it too. I mean, he's, he's got to fix his accuracy. He's got to fix his timing with his receivers too. He's just, he, he looks lost, I guess would be the word. I agree. And I saw a weird stat. He's actually the worst quarterback right now of any quarterback that has the worst quarterback rating when unpressured. He's actually thrown 10 interceptions and six touchdowns while completely unpressured. That's gross. An NFL quarterback weird is that? do that. That's gross. That's it's like he actually stat. does better when he's running away. Yeah, it, that's like legitimately what the stat says. So hmm. it's like, I don't know. The, I, Baker's back is against the wall. I right. think we're and we'll all see. there. Right, and then we'll have to see. Um, I know Jarvis Landry. You you told me about this too. Jarvis Landry's battling. 
battling an injury as well, too. So we'll have to see if that Browns offense can can make a step forward, can make a step in that direction. And then the other one, too, is Joe Mixon, man. He kind of underwhelmed a little bit, too. But Very also much. what made me a little nervous about that was Giovanni Bernard coming in on third downs and taking some of the third down work away from Mixon. I- I do not understand why they do not just throw the freaking football to me. Like, he got two targets. Yeah, Giovanni Bernard had what? Five, I believe? Four or five. I want to say. I'm looking at it right now. Five. Four receptions on five. That's that's ridiculous. Now, Giovanni Bernard is a good receiver out of the backfield, but why don't you? Like, Mixon did that in college. Like, he was able to, like, I don't understand that at all. And I also don't understand why you pay Mixon that much money and then it's like you take him out on third down. Unless you're trying to preserve him, but I don't I don't I don't like that anyway. On I mean he's down, a playmaker. Win you, the game. You, you played the your you play your playmakers and you paid him this money to be playmakers. I mean, just let him show out, dude. But that's, I agree. that's that's the people I was looking forward to. Baker's got to bounce back. Mixon, I think I wouldn't panic if I was a Mixon owner and I am. I'm not panicking about that. It was a uh, it was no, a weird no, kind of game, no, 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 and the and the Chargers defense is not something to be slept on either. You know they're they're pretty. Oh no, they're good. good. They're very good. That's so, no joke. So let me ask you, going to running backs with that matchup real quick. What's your take? And I know on a team we co-own, this is the only share I have of them. What's the Chubb Hunt situation feel uh, like for you at this point? Where where I, are you at with that? I own them in a redraft league too, and I put them on the trade block. <laughs> um, God. Just the 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 snap percentage share and the the difference in carries, and then not to mention Cream Hunt gets involved in the in the um yeah, passing targets. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's tough for me to see. It was a weird game script. I'll give Cleveland that last week to where they weren't yeah, going to run were the trailing. football. There's no way they're going to run the football, and I think that's where people are panicking. I still think that Nick Chubb is a spectacular pure rusher too. Oh, for sure. But listen to this. So he had Derrick 10 Henry attempts. Derrick Henry had more catches than him? 10 attempts. Okay. Well, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry had more catches than him because there's literally nobody else to play running back. In also true. Right Darrington now. Evans was not playing that game. Anyway. Yeah. They don't have anybody. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually going to take the moment to say this. Like, everybody's asking about where Devontae Freeman's going. If I'm Tennessee, why not just sign Devontae Freeman to a backup role? He actually is a good pass catcher, too. Yeah, no reason not to. Like, but if Derrick Henry goes down, what do you do if you're Tennessee? Cry. You're just done. <laughs> Hang it up for the season. I mean, really, it's like I would be. I would go get Devonta Freeman as long yeah. as he's not asking too much. It'd be a good football team he's on. You you play backup. You play third down role. Like they, I, I actually think that's not a bad fit personally. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't hear people talking about that much. So anyway, interesting stat: ten rushing attempts uh, against Baltimore. And like you said, I completely agree with you, Andrew. Game script. However, this was weird. He never had a game where he had 10 attempts last year. The closest one was the last game against Cincinnati, and he had 13. But even with Kareem Hunt back last year, um, and when did he come back last year? He came back game 10. So even with Kareem Hunt back last year, Nick Chubb from week 10 had 20, 27, 21, 16, 15, 17, 15. So never even went under 15. And then he had 10. So, like, I'm getting worried about Kareem Hunt. I mean, you start really having to rely on efficiency at some point, and that's where we are. Like, he needs volume. We Mm -hmm. need volume. At the price you're paying to get Kareem Hunt, I mean, Nick Chubb, you want volume. 
So did, yeah, he got outpaced in carries too. That's the yeah, that's, that's the saying. part that worries me. Like three yeah. carries still. Um, he was still superficial on the ground too. Is what I don't understand. Like he had six yards of carry. Like give a ball to him, man. Let him go. And I mean, it could have been that they were behind too, and he had that it, fumble, it and, it, and it kind was, of scared him a little bit too. But dude, I it, the price that you have paid to acquire Nick Chubb and have him on the roster. Mm-hmm. And what you could have gotten versus where we're at now, it's starting to get. I'm sweating if I'm a Chubb owner. Like, yeah, we might have lost. And the problem is now we didn't even talk about this. Kareem Hunt signed the the contract extension, mm-hmm. so now we got two more years of this bull crap. Assuming he stays on the team, they don't trade that contract. So, like, what do you do with that? It's not good. Maybe it's yeah, not a it's, good outlook. It's, it's trending in a bad direction. That's pretty much what it is too. So let's move on and talk about the next team that we're looking forward to seeing unfold. And I put this one in the in the notes here, and it's Washington. And the reason there's a few things I'm interesting with interested with watching with Washington. First of all, I want to see Haskins another game. You know that that Eagles game was really a messy football game. I mean, the well, both sides, both yeah, sides for sure. Yeah. It was just an absolute just circus. And you know, Washington got out of it with a win. I don't think that's indicative of either team's like how good they are. <laughs> I think Potential. it's just, yeah, it was just a, a really bad football game for both ends. So I'm interested to see if Haskins can kind of put together a better game. I'm also interested to see Terry McLaurin, you know, he had, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking it up as I'm talking about yeah, it, but seven I think targets. seven targets. So, you know, five receptions, five 61. receptions, decent, uh, not what we were hoping as the wide receiver one over there in Washington. Uh, and so I'm interested to see if the passing game gets going a little bit better. And then with the running backs, you know, Antonio Gibson, nine attempts, 36 yards on the ground, only two targets and two receptions. So kind of a quiet game for the rookie, but not super surprising. Peyton Barber got all the red zone work and in effect had 17 attempts for only 29 yards, but two touchdowns. So I still think know. that that's we, I mean, I still thought that was kind of going to be the play anyway, you know, is oh, that for sure. I just was hoping work? Antonio could like bust some bigger plays. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I mean, he had four yards per carry uh, on his nine attempts, which isn't bad. So we might see uh, a little bit improvement from him. So I'm just looking to kind of see all these unknowns, kind of the loose ends kind of uh, tie themselves up here with Washington. Um, anything you want to say about them before I move on? Two words, one name, former quarterback, Logan, yeah, Logan Thomas. Yep. I think that he Big had buy. eight targets, huge buy. He's probably on waivers in a lot of leagues too, honestly. Um, I think that he's someone that everyone should look at too, because in the red zone, he, uh, Haskins looked Logan Thomas's way quite a bit and kind of seemed like that would be his little safety blanket. Someone that he, trusts to catch the football even if he throws it kind of sporadically the thing that the only thing that worries me about it was that he only caught four of his eight targets too and i think that's just new new like week one nerves come to it i liked him and he had a good amount of air yards like i'm in on logan thomas i think logan thomas is kind of the typical like value that pops up at tight end you know what I'm saying? Like every year, yeah, there's like th- there's always one. Like Darren Waller came out, and then you know, yeah, all these guys that are kind of like, oh, down. okay, yeah, exactly. Like he's gonna get targets. He's gonna get red zone looks. Like you said, 13 points. I'm not surprised at all to see to see that from him week one. So like, yeah, I, I think Logan Thomas is a great value at, at the position for for what you 
how, what you still could pay right now and what you obviously you've, you've probably got them off waivers pay pay some fa for him yeah so i'm all in on on that for the price for sure um, i'm right there too let's go to the eagles real Ooh. quick and talk about them Ooh. an absolute disaster uh, occurred Carson Wentz was sacked eight times eight only week. eight though that's not that bad right <laughs> god i mean it was awful like i had to like stop myself for a second but you know Wentz looked really bad 13 points uh you know 42 attempts 24 completions uh i i don't know if it was as much as Wentz as it was just the line just everything looked I, bad from the eagles i think that that could that could be so there's a few few factors on there that I think could be discussed on it too. Carson Wentz needs to get rid of the ball. Yeah, he I agree. With that. Playing hero ball. Second off, that offensive line you talked about is dealing with injuries and everything like that. And then the third thing is Miles Sanders not being in the game too to have some sort of quick out. Like, oh, there's big old Chase Young coming at me. I need to get rid of this ball real quick. You know. Well, and the reality is Miles Sanders runs good routes out of the backfield like mm-hmm. he's always he's he's a real good uh receiver out of there for sure Boston not just Scott's not the answer guys <laughs> no but it sounds like miles is going to be back for next week so i've, I've been seeing that as well i mean i absolutely like necessary. Too, but he's not the answer to a three down roll anything like that too Corey clement isn't either i'm i'm excited no. to see where they go they are supposed to be getting one of their linemen back from injury this week as well too Thank God, then, because if they don't, Aaron Donald is going to scheme Carson Wentz apart like a wishbone. They've already had a, an interview talking to Doug Peterson about uh, how are you going to scheme against Aaron Donald? He goes, we're going to try, you know, <laughs> we're like, going to do prepare, our best. Yeah, like give Carson Wentz some lube before you go to yeah. the game. I mean, it's but like Carson. I mean, the, the thing that like tripped me up about him, man, is that like in the first half, he looked really good. I don't know. Well, what yeah, happened. that first drive was nice. And then it just went to hell. I think it was like it was the f- whole first half he had. It was two touchdowns. You know, I didn't was, watch the whole first half, but the first drive, I was like, okay, this offense is looking good. Yeah. Bombing to Rager over there too. The rookie coming out with a big catch too. But I'm excited it, about watching more Rager for sure. If they can get their offensive line, if they can get that offense clicking, I think that that's going to be dangerous. I really do. Oh yeah, I'm excited to watch more Rager. That one play that he flashed with that nice deep ball. Uh, I'm excited that he's healthy. He's playing. You know, I was I was excited to see Rager out there dealing with that injury coming up to this week. So he played a good amount for for that. So I'm excited about it. I'm 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 interested to see how how he looks going forward for sure. And the rest of the receivers too. I mean, if he if they can't fix that offensive line, then I mean, just I'm sorry, Eagles fans, if there are any listening. It's gonna be a long. Your, your season's kind of doomed. A long season <laughs> for sure. So the last one I want to touch on a little bit is old Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Gronkineers? Yes, the Tampa Bay. I hate that name, by the way. I don't know why. Like Tampa Bay, I'm good with, but Gronkineers just is like annoying to me. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I why. Think it's funny. <laughs> but, I know you do. Like I'm just like, oh god. But Terrible. We can call them the Gronk. I'm not even. You can call them that if you want. Tampa Bay but Gronkineers. Tampa Bay. <laughs> so I'm looking for offensively a bounce back for Tampa Bay, primarily because not just because last week they had to play the Saints, and I think the Saints defense is just gnarly. Slept on all because for all the years everyone was like, oh, the Saints defense is always bad. That's what's losing them games. You know, yeah, they're tearing people up. Yeah past few years Woo, watch out but uh also the panthers suck so that's the other reason why i don't think 
Barkley stayed on defense. We're not going to have to worry about anything. I'm definitely looking for a bounce back game from Tom Brady. It sounds like Chris Godwin's going to be out for the game because he's entering concussion protocol. Yeah, I did see that as well. So he will be out. So Mike Evans bounce back campaign. As long as the hamstring's good, prepare yourselves for, I've been buying low on Mike Evans this week. I've bought a few Mike Evans shares lately. Uh, He's never had under a thousand yards receiving. Like, He's a pretty sure bet. I'm taking it. I'm enjoying it. And I also think the running game, it'll be interesting to see if Fournette versus Ronald Jones, who gets more involved, if they get a comfortable lead, if we see the running backs get utilized more and see more production out of them. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Also, you know, Fournette with only five rushing attempts last week against the Saints. Now Tampa Bay was playing behind. I'm looking to see a little bit more, uh, you know, Maybe if Fournette gets a little bit more work next week. I mean, we'll see. They, they did declare Ronald Jones their lead back, man. And I mean, he almost yeah, had four yards of carry Fournette's last better. week. I mean, that's fine. Fournette had five attempts for five yards. No, you know? Jones looked good. I, in fact, I texted you at one point because Jones yeah, busted off did. the run. I was like, damn. Like, yeah. He looked he, he angry. Do- he dominates the touches. And I think, I think LaShawn McCoy had one, one. maybe. Yeah, he's irrelevant. Yeah. He had, yeah, he's irrelevant, droppable. Um, I'll say, and I think that one touch goes to Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Bet me on that. <laughs> but six. yeah, I think um, almost as yeah. much as Chubb. Oh That's God, depressing. That is a little <laughs> depressing. I don't know. Why did you bring that stat up? That kind of. We stat. live in a world where Ronald Jones has 17 rushing attempts next to Nick Chubb's 10. Yeah. After week. So one. I think that the game script will be flipped a little bit too. I think Fournette. They like I said, they were trying to get him a little bit more involved. I think he gets more involved. I think Mike Evans bounces back too. He's never like for his career wise, he's struggled against uh, Marshawn Lattimore. So, oh yeah, well Lattimore's look, a beast. Yeah, look for him to to. And he still got a touchdown. Back. He did. He did. You know, right for his one, yeah, his one, his one catch for two yards and a touchdown. So his day wasn't, I guess, a total squander. Even though seven points was nothing to what he's used to. Well, um, last year, the first time he played in New Orleans in Week Five, I actually forgot about this. He got a zero. He did. He did. He did. And what he about played the whole game? What about the OJ Howard uh, out targeting Rob Gronkowski, though? Not surprised I, by that. I bet some people were, but. Oh, I know some people were. I mm-hmm. played against the guy who was starting Rob in his flex. Yeah. Unlucky. <laughs> Why would you? Anyway, not a, not a discussion for today. So oh, people, people were writing off OJ Howard, talking about the trade, everything in the beginning of this offseason. Um, I think OJ Howard has the potential to be good, especially with Chris Godwin going out and, like you said, going against the Panthers, whose defense just uh, transparent, Scott, invisible. Is it, is it Scott Miller season? Scotty Miller season. A lot of people are comparing him to to Julian Edelman, like a Danny Amendola kind of thing. I mean, he got six targets. Shoot, it could be. You know, he could. You know, I'm not Scott I'm, Miller season, baby. Godwin's out. It's going to be Evans over the top. And Miller on on the Edelman role, like you said. So we'll see. I'm we'll selling see. if that happens. Oh, I, <laughs> I would too. Yeah, the 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 wide receiver out of Bowling Green. So yeah, all right. I'm excited well, for it, man. I think that's it for the uh, week one takeaways and week two wrap up. Um, we're super pumped. Like I said, tomorrow we'll be watching Cleveland and Cincinnati. So that'll be good to everybody that's been tuning into the show. We appreciate it. We see you. 
And, uh, you know, we've been picking up some Twitter followers who I know have been watching the show. So I really appreciate that. Once again, at Dynasty Decision is the Twitter handle if you haven't followed us yet already. And feel free to shoot us some DMs in there, ask us trade questions, opinions, what we think about this, that. If some breaking news comes out and you really want to act now on it, hit us up on there. We'll give you what we think. And, uh, Andrew, uh, if you want to throw your Twitter out there as well. Yep. So my Twitter is at Andrew underscore NFL. Same kind of stuff with. Yeah, hit us up. Talking about slide the in our DMs. Slide in the DMs. I mean, we can hopefully okay. compile a list of some listener questions too that we could potentially do an episode on too. So if you guys. Yeah, we want to do anything- a, a listener QA eventually. I think that'd be fun. Uh, so send us questions if they're good and not stupid. We'll use them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the only rule. Yeah, they have to not be stupid. So make sure it's not stupid. Um, and even if it is, I'll probably still use it because, you know, we're all about it. Uh, also, uh, I think that's about it. Oh, yeah. If you're getting us on Spotify, drop a follow. If you're getting us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you drop us a five-star review on the app. We really appreciate it. And once again, guys, looking forward to week two, and we'll see you next week. See you. See you.